2017 wasn't an epiphysis for creators, but it definitely set the tone for years to come. Seeing the structural confines not only be tested, but cracked. Knowing your worth in 2017 paid off big. On this episode, we shall celebrate the daring. The bold, the magnificent, and downright ballsy. Middle fingers waving in the air, etching their name in the history books. This is the 2017 Awkward Minority Podcast, Misfits of the Year, presented by Vans. All right. Ready. Welcome to the Aka Minority Podcast, episode 76. I am one of your hosts, Jesus Shuttlesworth, a.k.a. Reggie Osei. And joining me as always is my beautiful partner in crime, the purple-headed one, Lady Godiva. How's <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing good. It's almost Friday. <laughs> almost Friday. Almost time for a new year. I'm so pumped that I can barely formulate words into sentences. Now, before we get started on this 2017 Alchemist Fits of the Year, we want to give a huge condolence, huge condolence to the Loudspeaker Family Network. We want to tell you we're sorry for your loss of the Combat Jack, also known as Reggie Osei, because without him, it would be no us. Like, if we keeping it a whole buck 50 right now. It would be no Aka minority. It would be no space for black people in general to give their public opinion about things outside of the radio if it wasn't open by Reggie. Because as, as y'all know, the Combat Jet Show pioneered what we know today to be the black podcast space. I don't care what nobody else tells you. Without Reggie, it was nothing. Because I used to do a radio show back in high school, and they used to upload the clips or whatever of me talking. Please don't look them up. I ain't even gonna tell y'all where to find them. And they used to do it. They used to be like, oh, we're gonna put it in a podcast form. Now, back in the day, podcasts were mostly occupied by, like, little nerds talking about random shit. And it was boring as fuck. Everybody monotone. Everybody's boring. So... Years later, I looked, I looked it up. I looked up podcasts again and I discovered the Comeback Jack show. The Comeback Jack show had Jess Blaze. It had everybody on the premium Pete. Like it was, they was giving it up. It was like you was in the barbershop and you were just listening in on the come. You know, like when you're younger, you're at the bob shop and the grown men are talking about any and everything. You're just sitting in a chair and you're just, you just, you just want to be a part of the conversation, but you're not old enough yet. That's what listening to the Comeback Jack show for me. It was, he, with some, like, I don't, I'm gonna be real, I don't listen to a lot of these people, but he, just something about the way he would, he would talk to people because he was highly intelligent. Combat Jack had a history, you know, Combat Jack's like, if y'all don't know his history or whatever, he was first, he was first a lawyer. He was like a hip hop lawyer. Like, I think he worked with Sean, you know, he worked with P. Diddy, he worked with The Lock, he, he worked with, you know, Wu I think Wu Tang, if a, a brother, Y'all, y'all know, y'all, if y'all listening, let me know right now. He worked with Wu-Tang. I'm, I'm thinking he worked with Wu-Tang. I think, you know, he worked with all, all the big, all the big names. So he, he went, he went from that. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. So he started the Combat Jack show and it just is like a cult. It's a cult classic. Like if you have never heard of the show, I recommend you go check it out. But what I do recommend you honestly go check out from the Combat Jack show is him and Barmani Jones. Cause I know I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of people I look up to, but Bamani Jones is one of them. And it was like a battle of intellectuals because Bamani Jones will go on there and you can tell they're both smart, 
So it wasn't about showing you up or showing off my intelligence to you. It's just we're going to have a conversation. Two men having a conversation about hip hop and about politics, about whatever's on their mind. It was never, I'm going to try to do better than you. And it's coming. I'm gonna try to one up you. No, I'm gonna add on. To, I'm gonna add on to. I'm gonna enhance your come. I'm gonna enhance your statement. So I always loved it about the Combat Jet show is that he didn't try to show up anybody because he's clearly smart. Again, he's a lawyer, so he's clearly smart. So I just want to, you know, I just tip my hat off to him, man. You're gonna be severely missed. It wouldn't be no us without you. And I know you're looking down from heaven, hoping everybody live those dreams because we're gonna live that. We live. You know, you can live through us, man. Yeah. That's all that's all I want to say, man. That's all I wanted to say. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. God damn. Now we can get to now we can get to this show. Now we can get to now we can get to all this other stuff because Comeback Jack is I'm saying right now, Comeback Jack is misfit of the century. Everybody else on this list is misfit of the year, but Comeback Jack is the first misfit ever. Cause he pioneered the way for us. Now let's get let's get to this show, man. It's sponsored by Vans. We got our Vans on. You know, click the link in the description to get you some nice Vans. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's go. All right, let's do it for comeback. This one dedicated for comeback, man. Yes. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Pill. Everybody tries to make a moment, but they're growing organically. None is organic as the three words from Jordan Peele's directorial debut, Get Out. The words, well, you know them, the sunken place, used to describe any black person of fame that has lost their way. In this movie, much like real life, a hypnosis of sorts have been cast upon them that causes the person to act in whatever way the white person that cast this hypnosis sees fit. This dramatization from Jordan Peele not only puts him in rare air as being one of the only three films to hold a 100% approval rating, but Get Out has earned $254.1 million to date. Talk about a huge return on investment. All right, now, Jordan Peele had an incredible year, man. Yeah, he did. That man, that man, because... And it's a funny, his his incredible year was unexpected because nobody knew, well, I didn't know, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know that Jordan Peele had this in him. Did you? No, that's crazy. <laughs> right? Because for y'all, for all y'all don't know, for all y'all that don't know, Jordan Peele's background is comedy. Like, all y'all know him from the Ki- the Kill and Peele show. He was a writer on Mad TV. I think he did like 96 episodes of writing Mad TV. That's a lot of fucking television. So... His whole background is comedy. I mean, he was on he was on Modern Family, and that was comedy too. So his whole background is in comedy, right? So during the Super Bowl, they started rolling the ads for Get Out. I think that was the first place I seen it. And I'm and the more I think about it, the more I started, the more I understood why I thought it was a joke because they rolled it during the Super Bowl. Football is primarily played by black people. This the movie is about a black dude. They get like kidnapped by some white people. So I'm thinking this is a joke. And I'm like, it's a weird joke because it was like done in like horror form. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this really a movie? So fast forward to like a couple, not even a couple months later, a couple weeks later, a couple days later, they're like announcing that Get Out is really coming out. And I'm like, oh, this is like an actual movie from Jordan Peele, from Kill and Peele, the same man that wrote Keanu. Which is the movie where they, well, him, where Kill and Peele try to get back 
their cat that got kidnapped by Method Man. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, this is I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mind you, we got advanced screenings. So when we get the so when we get the um email about the advanced screenings, I'm like, oh, this shit's freaking you know, I'm still like, man, this this comedy, I'm still thinking it's a comedy movie and the trailer was just they was trying to go for horror just to be funny. You you know they have it on HBO as comedy. Yeah, that's that and it got nom it got nominated for the Golden Globes as comedy. But it's not it's not something funny. That, that, that that's what I was getting to. So we watched the movie and I I didn't I laughed, but I didn't laugh at the parts that, that I didn't I didn't laugh enough for it to be comedy. Only time I laughed is when was when Lil Rail was on screen. Yeah, he did incorporate a little bit, you know, uh, with his character or whatnot. But yeah, the overall movie is not—it's it, not placed under comedy. I don't think it's under comedy. That's messed up. Not, not in the day. I think he and I and that, again going back to him being a writer for Mad TV, he did that shit on purpose. He knew he was the he know he put it in the category for comedy because HBO is just not gonna put it in comedy. I call it the dramatization because that shit was a documentary. Now, if you haven't seen Get Out, Get Out is this movie where this black dude is dating this white woman. And over the actually, okay, is Get Out a holla is Get Out a um Christmas movie? Right, it looks like that setting. So it's a Christmas movie, right? right? So, so okay, so we, so we, so we in agreement that Get Out is Get Out is now the Christmas movie. You know how like a Christmas story? They show the Christmas story on TBS. They show that shit twenty four hours, twenty four hours for Christmas. I watch that shit all. The time. I watch all twenty four hours. I don't know why the hell I watch all twenty four hours, but I watch all twenty four hours. Now we gotta start a tradition that on Christmas we almost watch Jordan Peele's Get Out. Cause it's a Christmas movie. Because that's the cause in the movie, the black dude goes to meet the white girl's parents on Christmas. On on Christmas holiday. They go stay there for Christmas holiday. Uh-huh. And his friend is like, yo, I don't know about this, man. You know, like his friend, you know, Lil Rel's like, I don't know about this, man. He like, man, whatever. You know, the little you know, he meet you know, he met the little black you know, he he black he chose Jordan Peele know what he was doing because he chose like so he chose a really dark man. He chose a really dark. He was going for that contrast. He chose a really dark man to match, you know, to match with this little vanilla woman. Like he knew what he was doing. So as they're going to, I knew, I knew some shit was off in the beginning of the movie when Darius from fucking when Darius from AT, from from the, from the TV show Atlanta gets fucking thrown in the back of that get thrown in the back of the car. Right. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he just, he just walking, he's like, yeah, man, you know, I'm out here in this, this suburb with these white people. I'm like, man, man, I don't even, man, listen, I'm going to tell y'all right now, y'all already know, if y'all listen to this podcast, y'all already know what I'm about to say. Y'all already know I live in an all-white neighborhood. I don't be walking around at night. Especially after seeing Get Out, I'm definitely not walking outside. I used to run outside at night sometime, I ain't doing that shit no more, I'm nervous. You about to have me. You about to have me cool. No, okay, 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 okay. So they get so basically they get to the house or whatever, and she's introducing him to her family, and she told him verbatim what his dad is going to say. She said to her, "My dad's going to be like, you know, I voted for Obama two times. I could have voted for him three times." Man, I don't know about y'all, but when people get to talking about how they could have voted for Obama such and such times, I get to thinking like, you you masking some racism, bro. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like I like a lot of people probably feel like if you vote for Obama, then it may, you know that that relieves you of all the racist shit you done did in your life. Right. I don't know. So that ain't the good part. Now let's get to, let's get to the shits because if you haven't seen Get Out, go see Get Out. But we all seen Get Out, so you know what we gonna do? We gonna get to the shits. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna start. What what was your favorite part about Get Out? What was your favorite part about Get Out? The the twist in it, like um, you know, he, he the whole time he played as if she was innocent and that she you know had nothing to do with her family's opinions and and stuff like that. That she was different and like she she showed that she was she held him down when the police pulled them over. You know, was like that's my man, like kind of thing. Yo, she was riding though. She was riding for him as if she never knew. Okay, so she was riding for him as if she never dated a black dude before. Because she did that thing where the cops is interrogating the black dude and you being white. So you know your white privileges is fake. So you like, hey, leave them alone. No, you don't have to show no. And you and he like, bruh, you ain't about to get me shot on the side of this road. I'm gonna show if this if this motherfucker wanna see my ID, I'm gonna show it to him. Like he like, man, you ain't about to get me shot today, okay? That's not what we gonna do. She like, nah, you ain't even driving. That's fucked up. But she just getting bucked with the cop. I'm like, oh god. I thought the, I, because again, because during the movie, especially in the first beginning, you keep on thinking, okay, this is where Jordan Peele's gonna turn this shit into a comedy. Cause I'm like, this cop's gonna shoot both of them, and the movie's gonna end and restart right here. Because wouldn't that be some wouldn't that be some Jordan Peele shit to have these dramatic ass trailers, and then the movie starts, and then it's like a comedy. Cause I'm like. I was like, man, Jordan Peele about to have this little white girl get shot, this little black boy get shot too, or the little black, the little white girl get shot, and the cop shoot himself, and then they think the black dude did it. Or I, I, all shit was all kind of shit was racing through my head. I was like, he's about to get set the fuck up. Man, I ain't know what I ain't know what to think. So when they get to that, but yeah, when they get to the house or whatever, what fucked me up is how. The maid was just like stuck in, like, I don't know what kind of wig to that. I don't know. I didn't know what the hell was going on because the maid, she had this like inch of mama vibe going. Like she uh-huh. was like in the 70s, 60s type vibe, like anything master. Like, you know, she, <laughs> she was pouring that shit, shaking. She was like, no, no, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. Like, like, yo, but yeah, that plot twist. So, because fuck that, everybody seen Get Out. The, that plot twist fucked me up. When like he found all the pictures of like the black dudes she been dating, and he just flipping through it, and it's just a whole bunch of black dudes, and then he gets on the picture of the of the woman. Yeah, the maid. Oh my god, when he get on the picture of the maid. I was like, oh, this fucked me up. It fucked me up. I'm like, so she fucking, so she just manipulating everybody. She got the, she got the. Remember the bit, the, the one black dude kept on running at him and shit. Yep. Oh man, it's like sorry, I scared you the other day. I just, you know, I just <laughs> getting my exercise in. I was like, what the fuck? That was a dead giveaway to leave. That was. A, it was so many. It was so many points in this movie where he should have got the fuck out. Man, I ain't know what the fuck is happening. He was sprinting too, like he was full on. It's the middle of the night. He's trying to get his. He's trying to smoke a cigarette, and this big ass black dude come rushing him. Why is he in the Olympics? Right. 
turns on a dime. I have never seen nobody turn on a dime. He turns on a dime. Right. That man should be in the damn Olympics. If you could turn on a dime like that, turns on a dime. Full speed running and turns on a dime and misses him. Right. That shit was that shit was crazy, man. I was like, man, he gotta get the fuck out of there. His friend, like, and another dead giveaway was when um Darius from Atlanta, because I don't, I forgot his name in the um sh- uh, on the movie when that when that motherfucker was with that older white woman. Uh huh. He was acting all kind of crazy. Right. Dressed dressed all like a field dressed like a field nigga. You should have known then that some shit is up. Get the fuck out. Man, the part where she was introducing her family, you could tell her her brother was a fuckboy. <laughs> Yo, her brother was that her brother was that white dude that knows a couple rap songs that want to be down so bad. He want to be down. That's that's the cause that that's the funny part. That's the way I looked at. I was like, oh, he's just like a whole bunch of other white dudes that want to be down so bad. You know, want to want to play fight. Us, first of all, us black people, we not into play fighting. Okay. <laughs> I'm be I'm just being real with you. We don't play fight because I'm fuck around and knock your ass out. Oh, let me show you these karate moves, motherfucker. Let me show you these hands. I'm not playing with you. That's some that's some frat boy shit. We not frat boys. We don't we don't play especially with no white person. Next thing you know, I hit you. You on the floor. Your your parents your parents tell the cop that I assaulted you. Nah. I ain't playing around with you. I don't uh, no. There's certain things you don't play around with. That's one of them. And then, you know, like, when they when they did the um, auction, that broke my heart. It I was it, it, quiet. Yo, the auction was crazy because that mean they was, they was, they was scouting him. Right. Because they oh, knew, right. they knew, he was like, yo, that dude with no eyes, he was like, yeah, I'm about to give me some, uh, some good eyes, bro. I'm about to be. So, okay, so this is the thing. I'm confused now. So right. the hypno the hypnosis that the the hypnosis that the lady can do she can tra- they can transfer bodies. No, no. Uh. Uh-uh. Why you say that? Because remember he said I'm a, um he said oh so can so he can get so he can take so he can take so he can take the black dude vision and put it into the white dude's vision give him eyes. Cause remember he. Or was he? Because remember, he was like, "Yo, I, I, your, your work." Remember, he was talking about his work. He said, "Your work has always been described to me as beautiful." So now I get to see it for myself, or some shit like that. Oh yeah, no, but that was. I think that was what the auction was for. He was trying to get him. He was trying to get him so he could uh, get his eyes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So what you going to do? Like transfer, transfer the transfer the eyes over? That's a waste. Like you're a fat, like you're a fat, overweight man. If anything, just take over his body. But you do see how it's not, you know, it's not that they hate minorities. It's it's more like they, they just want. They admire them that much. Like that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the fucking scary thought part about the movie is the movie mirrors real life because. A lot of people admire black people in the sense that they look at us as superheroes. Like we're super athletes. We are, we are some of the, you know, we are some of the cre- most creative people to ever walk this earth. 
So they want to be you. So that's why, like, as the movie goes on, I didn't see it as them being, like you're saying, I didn't see them as being racist. I saw them as being admirers of black people, especially that blind dude. He was talking about, oh, you know, your work has been described to me. It sounds beautiful. You have an eye. You know, he's like, he's talking to him as if he's in love with his work. He didn't talk to him as if I'm going to make you my slave. Now, that one lady that that's probably fucking the young man, they just, they just admirers of black people. It's fucked up either way it go because you're trying to enslave them, but at least you're enslaving them and you're not making them do like some, actually they made the maid do some slave shit. So they got some, so they borderlining, they borderlining, but they, but they're trapped, they're entrapping the black people because they feel the black people are like superheroes. Cause they ain't trapped, they ain't trapping some random white dude. But you know, you know something, instead of asking someone that you admire how they, you know, how they got what inspires them? What gets them to that point where they um, are so great? You know, like with, with their work. <laughs> they, no, no, no. I'm not trying to be funny. Like people do this in real life. Like they want to, they want to take your identity and, and they want to embody it and and try to play that role. But really, it's like be yourself. And if you admire something about me. Just ask about it. Like, we exactly. can work it out to where maybe, maybe, just maybe, you could have a gift too. But if not, who defines your gift? It doesn't have to be, you know, my way or the highway. <laughs> get out. Get out was the scream of Pippesis. Let me let me, let me use that word again. Y'all don't know nothing about that word. Y'all better Google it. But it's the scream of Pippesis of Instagram in the sense that. People on Instagram, they want to be you, so they steal your identity. And Get Out is the same as Scream. They want to be these black people. They champ. We say they like stallions. They champion these black people. So instead of trying to be their friend or just being the atmosphere of them or just learning about them and studying their patterns and maybe you'll pick up on something, like you were saying, they said, fuck this. We're going to let our white privilege just steal your shit. We're just going to steal your shit. We gonna hit. I'm a, you you able you're able to hip you you able to hypnotize people. You know how much money you can make from that, but instead you rather steal black people's. Yo, she was trash. She was trash, man. She was trash. Yo, I can I can cure you of that smoking. Now sink. She just knew she had. I I was so happy when they when he killed all them. She told us now sink. I was like, oh, this motherfucker just sweats. She powerful. So, how did you feel when your mother did that? So, she just knew, she just knew she had a, she, she just knew she was like, yeah, we just saw him for like a couple quarter million. You know, we about to, we about to send him on off. The other dude, like, yeah, you gonna love being, you know, you gonna love, you gonna love being with me or some shit that dude was saying in the surgery when they had the surgery shit shut up. Right. He talking to him on the little, on that old little, old little stair. Old little TV. I still got one of those TVs. Mine is like a floor. It's like a floor model flat screen from the eighties. I still have one of those. I'm never cutting yeah. on. I'm never cutting that shit on ever again. That was scary. That part where, like, they he, you know, they opened his his brain. Uh, his, <laughs> they stopped him, and then he, they were trying to switch brains. Like that's crazy. Exactly. That's I'm like that shows. That's why. That's why. That's the scary part about this is that. There's some shit that could actually go on in real life because it's not far fetched. 
that's why that's why I like it's that's that's what's so scary about it is that it's not far fetched that some shit like this can actually really happen. Hypnosis, you know, you can hypnot you can hypnotize people. So that's what's the scary part about Get Out is that this shit can be real. Mm-hmm. I, I also I, at the end at the end at the end. What did you think was about to happen at the end when that cop car rolled up? He was gonna, you know, they were gonna kill him. I thought his ass was dead. I was like, he went through all this. He done killed. I said he done killed the black dude. He done killed. I was like, he done killed all these people in this house. And then the cop roll up, and I was like, oh fuck. I was like, of course, a fucking course. And then it was Lil Rail. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck going on, man? You got dead white woman. You got dead black dude. Damn house practically on fire. Wasn't the house on fire? I think so, yeah, if I recall. <laughs> the house on fire while she's sitting there, you know, while she's sitting there drinking, you know, while she's sitting there drinking milk with a black straw, eating Fruit Loops. <laughs> That's so messed up. Man. Yeah, That's a good-ass movie. So, Jordan Peele, we just want to say to you, congratulations on your 2017, 2018. I know you're developing something for HBO as well. We can't wait to see that. Get out earned $254.1 million. They had a $14 million, they had a $14 million budget. Congratulations. He said, fuck, he said, fuck all that. I'm going to do this shit myself. He ended up selling it and then making more, man, Jordan Peele, hats off to you. Yes. Hats off to you. That's the money moves, man. Issa Rae single-handedly set the timelines into flames on Sunday nights with her popular HBO show, Insecure. Sides were picked and feelings were often hurt as the fictional tales of a woman navigating her life in Los Angeles shined a light on some of the insecurities people masked to hide. 2017 was strong for Issa, but 2018 is lining up to be triple the success as Issa Rae is developing three new shows for the channel HBO, including a dating show centered around a bisexual black male. Issa Rae! Superstar of the year, 2017, baby, you shine so bright. <laughs> Issa Rae was a fucking instigator. That's what she was. 2017 instigator of the year. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm so proud of her because, you know, she, I think she started off as a YouTuber, right? Yeah, she started and off on YouTube. Uh, right, she had her uh, series, the, uh, the Awkward Girl because we're the awkward misfits and awkward minority. <laughs> so it's only fitting that she's the awkward misfit of the year. Right, exactly. Um, so she started off on YouTube with uh, her own series, which it was it was still good, you know, when starting out or whatnot, and then turned it into this awesome show on HBO called Insecure. Like, I am so, so proud. That is a Pure definition of not giving up and living your dreams, like making that shit turn into reality. I love that. I'm so proud of Issa. <laughs> Man, Issa was a, Issa. For y'all that don't know, the Misadventures of Black Girl of Aqua Black Girl was on. It was on YouTube. It's still on YouTube. You can look it up. It was it was great, 
But then HBO recognized her talent and say, hey, we want to give you, you know, we want to give you a series. We want, we want you to write and produce it. So she took that and she turned it into, as Marty Jones would call it, a civil fucking war. Because we've been, arg- I swear, we we all have collectively been arguing about this show since the start to the end. We're going to argue right now because it's probably some Team Lawrence listening. It's probably some um, Team Issa listening. I don't know where the fuck I fall at on this pendulum anymore because both of them are fucked. <laughs> Man. <laughs> she got the party. Did she not get the party started on Sundays? You cannot your time. It doesn't matter what time in the world you was watching Insecure. You just knew that your timeline would be occupied by this shit all night. And I loved it because everybody was in their feelings. You had team Issa team. Issa was Issa been wrong. See, this is the, this is the funny thing about Issa. And we're going to get to a fight. I'm talking about the character on the show. Issa, not Issa Ray, because Issa Ray is amazing. The character that Issa played on the show, Issa, she was wrong since season one. And you Issa fans, you East, you team Issa's been in y'all fucking feelings about her since season one. Like, oh, well, Lawrence is this, Lawrence is that. But Lawrence at the time was not a fuckboy yet. Lawrence was like this nice little wholesome man. He, he, you know, he haven't cut his hair in a while. He didn't have a job in a while, but he was laying on the couch or whatever, but he wasn't cheating, right? So then fast forward to season two, man, I couldn't even defend him no more. Cause he started off solid. You know, he started off solid. He had a, he had him a little threesome. You know, he only fucked one of the girls in the threesome. I don't know how that worked. You know, he, he was nervous. I'm gonna say he was nervous. So he only fucked one in the threesome, but still though, you know, congratulations. You know, you, you moving on. You forgetting about Issa. I was on his side till he fucked over Molly and he called Issa a, a hoe and all this other shit. When he started, he started wilding. Yeah, not only that, like, he played, he played his friend, uh, what was her name from the bank? The bank teller? Molly, 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 Tasha, Tasha. Tasha, not Molly, Tasha. Yeah, Molly, Molly, Molly got her own. Molly played Lil Rail. Molly played Lil Rail. That's who, Molly, fuck, Molly, fuck you. Cause Lil Rail's a nice man. He bought you, yo, that's still a fucked up move. You cheating, you, you dating a married man. That man brought you that popcorn. Then you go share it with the nigga you cheating. You cheating on he cheating on his wife. But that was disrespectful. That was straight up disrespectful. That's the that was a high level of disrespect. How I'ma bring you how I'ma bring you a present and you share it with another nigga. <laughs> what? That's disrespectful, man. But yeah, Tasha. The way he did the way he did Tasha was the turn off. Hey, you know the beautiful thing about <laughs> is that every single character on that show did an amazing job. Like, there's not one dull character, I don't think. You know how some shows, like, you, you only have one favorite, and you just, like, stop. You, you only watch the show to watch that person. And But but for this show, like, each character plays their role very well. Each character so. collectively is a big group of fuck up. And I mean that in a nice way. Like, that's the great part about it. Like, I was talking about Shameless and how everybody is a cast of fuck ups. Insecure is a cast of fuck ups inse- hiding their insecurities. Right, but that, this is how, that's the world we live in, though. I'm, I'm, saying, the- I'm saying it in a, I'm saying it in a great way. I'm not, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm saying it in a great way. Cause Lawrence no, can't I- seem, Lawrence can't seem to get his shit together for nothing. Issa, she can't hold right. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck you fucking to do with an aquarium head. 
Got a, he got he had like three he had three heads combined on that thing, man. So yeah, so Issa Rae, so Issa Rae has been has been having an amazing year. You know, she also has Issa Rae also silently has a podcast. It's a storytelling podcast. It's called Fruit Fruit You. It's about this undercover gay gay football player or whatever. It's a pretty good show. It's a pretty good show. It has like dialogue and shit in it. So y'all should check that out. So Issa Rae secretly been doing even more things. In 2018, she's gonna have a, a HBO series that's probably gonna this HBO series is probably gonna set everybody into arguing too. She's doing three new shows on HBO, but one of them is centered around a, a um bisexual black dude. Oh, okay. Man, y'all about to be arguing about that too. They Issa. They should do Issa how they do Shana Rhymes, Shana Rhymes, Shana Rhymes. How uh-huh. how Shana Rhymes she she has Grey's Anatomy come on, then Scandalous comes on, and then How to Get Away with Murder come on. So like she owns the Thursdays. They should let Issa own Sundays. Like Sundays should be Issa. It's a it's a Sunday. Yo, they got to do it for the culture. It's a Sunday. It's a sun. Tell me that would be hot. It's a Sunday. Hey, HBO. It's a Sunday. H- HBO. It's a Sunday. Got the hashtag. It's a Sunday. Cause no, it's a Sunday. Man, listen. HBO. HBO. Do it for the culture. Did do it for the culture. At least do it one night, just so we can say it's a Sunday. Right. That's another thing. We turn her damn name into like a phrase. It's a. There you go. It's a nice child. The child of 21, 21 Savage turned her name into like a a damn catchphrase. It's a knife. It's a Sunday. It's a podcast. See, that's that's the love I'm talking about. Support. That's so beautiful. Right? Like you know you you know you having a popping. You know you okay. This is how you know that what you're doing has like cultural relevancy. When somebody mentions it in like a rap song, like I was listening to, I, I was just randomly listening to "Black Is Gold" by Wale this morning because I love that song. He drops Issa Rae names like, "Hey, Issa Rae." Maybe we can have a maybe we can have lunch today or some shit. He was like, but just to let you know, I'm Lawrence Hive. You know, it's Issa a savage, but he was like, Issa a savage, actually Issa nice. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure he's Lawrence Hive from season one because Lawrence, Lawrence, okay, Lawrence, you have to step it up in season three. Yes, you gotta stop being a foot. What 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 um what Tasha what Tisha what? Damn, she ain't been off the show that long, but I can't. I don't forgot the name. What that girl? What's the bank teller name? Tasha, I don't. Th- I remember one, which is funny because at one point I was after Tasha told him, "You know what you are." She said, "You a fuck boy." No, she said, "She said you know, but no, you worse than a fuck boy." I was like, "Oh shit, you a fuck boy that think you're a nice guy." I was like, "Oh shit," I was team Tasha for like the whole for like a whole half an episode, but then they never brought her ass back. So I was like, "Well, what the fuck?" The timeline, the whole, that was the whole night. Yeah, that's what y'all live. I love like when TV shows give y'all phrases to use on people. Oh, see, that's what a lot of y'all is. Y'all fuck boys. They think y'all nice guys. I was like, oh shit. When, when, when Lawrence, cause I was like, man, cause they already was clowning Lawrence for being on the, um, air mattress in like apartment with no furniture. They time for, oh, lower time. It's time for, um, it's time for insecure. Blow up those, you know, blow up those air mattresses and sit on your, you know, sit on the floor. I was like, oh man, we gotta get out of it. Man, they was going. They was going. Then the timeline exploded with Issa got netted on her face and then overreact like she was about to fight the nigger. Man. That was the funniest moment. That's the funniest moment from the episode. Any that's the funniest moment from all the episodes is when she when she get nutted on 
and she just reacts in like this flamboyant way. Cause I knew we we all knew it was coming because we all had sex before, so we knew what comes out of penises. Issa didn't know apparently, cause when she cause she he said I'm about to come. He said it clear as day. He tapped her head. He gave her all the indicators that hey I'm about to nut. So. You either about to you better you better move out the way or something. You better catch it, and she caught it in her face. That shit was funny. Oh man, in her eye though. All in, she couldn't even open her eye. She trying to fight. First of all, Issa, if you was gonna fight him, how you gonna fight him with one eye? Cause that's a big nigga. That's a big dude. Like that dude, that dude ain't no chump. You ain't gonna be able to beat him with no one. You gonna need at least two eyes. Not if you duck, boy. <laughs> Yo, that shit was that shit was crazy, man. She like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You just gonna do me like that? You just gonna do me like that? He was like, I thought we was having fun. Like he was confused. Yeah, I done, I done told y'all. Once you bust a nut, you're not coherent to what's going on in the world. Like it, like for that, for a good minute, cause you done, all the oxygen in your body done been released. Onto Issa's face, so it's a it's a nut, it's a nut. <laughs> I can do this all day. I'm here all day, folks. Tip your waitresses. So when when you come or whatever, you're not coherent to what's going on. So you got a woman screaming at you, Tomas, you just gonna do me like that, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like he was like, are you what? What are you talking about? And then Issa, at the end of the series, gonna go sleep on that same couch that you got that you got assaulted on. Cause let's not forget that after all this fuck shit, Issa still gets kicked out of her apartment and goes live with the dude. Why she didn't go live with Molly? Well, I don't know. That is that is a question, Issa. Why didn't he live with Molly? <laughs> Cause it's a mistake. It's a mistake. Cause she like making mistakes. I like. I think Issa is that woman on on Twitter. Oh God, Issa is that woman on Twitter that's always talking about men ain't shit, but secretly be sliding in everybody DMs. I'm just saying, Misa Issa is one of them women because you know, and and you, because she knows she's wrong in her belief, but she won't allow herself to be wrong in her beliefs. So she got to keep on playing with fire because he's stupid for opening the door for her. Because when I seen her, I'd be like, you know what? No. Remember, remember, remember you had this nigga apologize to her for some shit he didn't even do. So you're just going to disrespect me like that, my nigga? Like then on the phone. Oh, so you think this is funny? Like, oh fuck, fuck you, you fuck. But they was using fuck boy so loosely on that show. So he should have, yo. Man, you know my favorite part though, honestly, is the support that she showed to upcoming artists. Like you know these other YouTubers she brings on the show. You know, she brings on singers to be and play a role in the show. She had Neeson like, on the show. Right. Like, I have so much respect for her. Because that, that's the way you do it. You know, you don't forget about people. You you always show love. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That uh, That's funny that this supposed to be the Misfits of the Year Awards. We're, supposed to talk, we're talking about the people's work more than them. But so, they can get, so, so now we're talking about them. Okay, so 
Yeah, so as I was saying, she brought on Neeson, which is from y- YRF or whatever. That's a, that's one of our friends that we know. He was on the show on the bus when she was wearing that Fran Hampton was killed by the FBI. She also wears design, like she wears unknown, well, up and coming designers. If you watch, if you watch her YouTube series, then you'll see a lot of people from the, you know, the misadventures of an Aka Black Girl. They're on the show. Thug Yoda is from that show. She has a lot of people who she brings along for the ride. It's like you was here from the start. So I'm going to reward you for your Lord to me because you know it was on youtube so it wasn't making a lot of money but probably making a little pocket change or whatever so she was able to bring them on it's kind of like how spike lee do like when you watch a lot of earlier spike lee works you will see a lot of people from one from one movie they'll be in the next movie like he always made sure that everybody that was part that was down with him was down with him as Issa Rae, like when Issa Rae was talking about, oh, I'm voting, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black tonight. When she was at the whatever war show she was at, and it was like, huh? She's like, I'm voting for, every, I'm rooting for everybody black. Like she's for the, like she, like a lot of people talk about how they're for the culture, but Issa Rae is for the culture. Like she, she shows you that she's for the culture. She puts people on. It's a lot of people on that show you probably never heard of. Like a lot of people wasn't giving Amanda Seal, uh, um. Uh, identity in this space anymore because people think Amanda Seal is this brash, loud person, which she is, but she she does it in an intelligent way. A lot of people just don't like her because of her intelligence. And y'all remember Amanda Seal is because she's Amanda Diva and she's from you know TV from Nickelodeon shit. And she has uh, she did this she did um get your life get your life on Issa Rae's because Issa Rae still has a YouTube channel where she uploads content constantly like it's TV shows over there so she so she, she you know she helped she helped in the resurgence of Amanda Seal so it's like Issa she, she's doing what a Hollywood exec supposed to do because I can see her running a studio one day if it's probably I hope, I'm hoping it's a, her own studio Issa Rae you know Issa Rae Productions or whatever but I can see her running her own studio soon Love to be on it. <laughs> Issa, I done already told you we can do some shows. We can do some shows. You can, you know, you can bring the Aka Minority over there if you want to. We can do a podcast. Yeah, Issa, holla at us, man. Issa, follow us on Instagram. So you know, she might hear this. She might see this. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Congratulations to Issa. We love Insecure. You can see we love Insecure. What we've been talking about Insecure. We've been talking about Insecure for a long ass time. We t- that's how you know your work good. It's like we didn't even we just was like, okay, we're gonna free we've been freestyling. That's how you know your work is good. We could just freestyle that shit. Right. Oh she Issa Rae is also a cover girl. Yes, congratulations. Oh so beautiful. <laughs> I was about to say the wrong tagline because I don't know cover girls tag. I was about to say maybe it's Maybelline. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Maybelline. For chill. Like what the fuck? Maybe it's Maybelline. But yeah, so shout out to Issa Rae. You're amazing. I, oh, I also like her clapbacks on Twitter. <laughs> she was like, nigga, I am goals. When that dude said that um that she wasn't goals, she was like, Issa Rae is not goals. She was like, nigga, I am a goal. I like that. I like that. Clap, clap that. I got I got I gotta do the I gotta do the black girl thing. Clap back at these niggas. <laughs> Cause that, cause that's that's how I imagine she said that shit. She cla- she was clapping as she was typing. She had her assistant type and she was clapping. She was like, "Nigga, I am goals." Take the inspiration. 
right, all right, all right. Shout out to Issa Rae. Congratulations on being a misfit of 2017. I can imagine you're going to make this list again in 2018. We look forward to everything you do. Wow. Cardi, 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 Grandparents love to tell you to be yourself, and it's just what the regular degular girl from the Bronx did, stating that the reason for the start of her Instagram was simply behind wanting to talk about how corny people are. She now currently boasts over 14 million followers on the platform alone, parlaying this fame into her one true love, music. Making history by being the first female rap artist since Lauren Hill to have a number one record. She don't gotta dance now, she making money moves. With her four additional songs, Barrier Cardi, No Limit, Motorsport, Bodek Yellow on the top 100, and the related release of Barrier Cardi is sure to leave people upset. Ugh. Cardi B is our girl. Seriously, it's like. I I enjoy her from her Instagram videos to shining into these music videos. You know, her interviews are amazing. I just I just love her realness, how raw she is with everything that, you know, everyday struggles. She she says it like she keeps it real. She lets you know like this is how I feel. Take me or leave me. That's how it is. La modelo in English, okay? I wanna do so many things to you without falling in love. I want you to. Shout out to Cardi B, man. I was trying to play a clip, but I, that that clip that the clip that clip doesn't that clip doesn't get the nice Cardi B. So let me get the nice Cardi B. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, I love Cardi B, man. Cardi B is aspirations in life. I want to be as happy as Cardi B in life. That was like when she first got her first million followers. She was like, oh, I don't even have a million dollars, but I'm still appreciative. Now, you got, girl, you got that million dollars plus some. Cardi B has been having an incredible year. She is the new Cinderella story. Uh-huh. The Bronx is the, the Bronx is the, not the, the Bronx is the evil witch. Cause remember she used to work at the strip club. So the Bronx is like the evil witch, the evil stepmother that was trying to keep her down. You know, she done got fired from the grocery store. And then the dude at the grocery store was like, Hey, you know, you should go script. So she goes scripts. Cause she said she started her Instagram just to talk about how corny people are. Cause if y'all remember, I mean, cause I talked about it on the podcast before how you will always see a, a, a video of Cardi B of like the middle of the night or whatever. And like, She'd be like naked practically. So you, so it's like, what the fuck is this woman? And people used to always share these videos, right? So I'm like, why people keep on sharing this naked woman? What the fuck? You know, and I'm like, why is she talking? So I click it and then she'd be like, hey, what's up, everybody? You know, you know, if you are, you dumb girl, you stupid bitches. You motherfucker be flexing your money. I don't flex my money. I put it, I put it in safekeeping, you know. So she'd be like getting at people. Like the message will be distorted because of how, how thick her Dominican accent is. But if you listen, you kind of catch some jewels. How she was saying, y'all be flexing y'all money. I'm saving my money. Right. I made I made all this money at the script club, but I saved my money. I'm not spending on stupid shit. Like she was talking about how most of her dresses, she said most of her dresses is from Fashion Nova, or she'll get her slipper, you know, she'll get her shoes from like the Chinese, you know, Chinese dollar stores or whatever. So she's like, 
showing you like, hey, you can still be fly without all this expensive shit. So that's why I love Cardi B is that she always keeps it real. Like she's she's vulnerable and open because if you say something about her on Instagram or Twitter, she's she's clapping back at your ass. Right. And you know, the beauty about her is I think even if she weren't to be a rapper, um, I think she would be successful in anything that she does just because of her personality and how real she keeps it, you know? Like, um, you know, she would have done Instagram, for example. She would have had Instagram fame if she would have stuck being a stripper. Like, she, you know what I mean? She's a well-known stripper, you know? Yeah, that's the um, thing. She was a fame. That was the saying. Before rap, she was a stripper. But most people, right. most people, most people, including myself, didn't really care about the stripping because I don't live in New York and I don't go to strip clubs and I don't really care about that. So we follow her on Instagram because of the video she would post. And it wasn't, and it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the nudity or nothing like that. It had to do with the sense of she knew, like she, she had a personality about herself. Like she's delivering you a mess. Like I was talking about the deliverer of messages get heard more than the message itself. Right. So like she, she would. I love that her heart is so big. It's just full of love. And her her sister, Hennessy, like, their bond is amazing. I really, really admire their bond. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's all about family at the end of the day. I love it. I love how, you know, they keep it real. They're both dope people. <laughs> she and her sister. Um but yeah, I, I'm so excited for her and what's in store. You know, 2017 was definitely a great year for Cardi B. And um, right. yeah, we're excited. Right. And the funny, the funny thing is, you know, how they always say to do something, to get something you ain't got. This, this, this is the saying. This is saying. This is not my English. You know, to get something you ain't got, you got to do something you never did. So right. for years since Lauren Hill. It has never been a number one female rap song to go number one. It's never been a female a, a female rapper solo has never got the number one spot. It took Cardi B an an unorthodox method of rapping and grunginess. Like it took the love for her to get it to number one. Like it took it took Bodak get Bodak Geller when I remember when Bodak Geller first got posted, I was like one of the first people to listen. It had like a it had like a couple hundred. I checked back a couple of days, it had like ten thousand. So it wasn't moving. It wasn't moving as much because that was around the time people wasn't really taking her serious as a rapper. But going back to what we always talk about consistency. If it doesn't hit in the first month, Keep on going. The second money doesn't hit. The third money doesn't hit. It doesn't matter what time it takes for greatness to be recognized. Greatness always gets recognized. And that's what Cardi B did. Because the, the video wasn't getting the recognition I thought it deserved. Because Bodak Yellow was a, is an amazing song. So she kept on going at it. She kept on posting it. You know what I'm saying? Then out of nowhere, overnight, it blew the fuck up. It blew the fuck up. You got Kevin Hart posting it. You got Ludacris posting it. You got every celebrity in the world posting about it. And her climb, then her climb just started. Because you couldn't, because everybody looked at her rapping as being like a little niche thing she do on the side from scripting. So she said, fuck that. I'm going to quit scripting. So now you just got to look at me as a rapper. I'm going to always post my music on Instagram. So now you got to look at me as a rapper because I'm still giving you these entertaining videos you want, but I'm not doing the entertaining videos as much anymore. I want you to look at me as a rapper. So she parlayed her, her, you know, her following on Instagram to show that she was serious about her craft. So 
They had to take her serious. And when you take her serious, you can't tell me that Bodek Geller is not great. You can't tell me that Bodek Geller is not great because Bodek Geller is not only is great, but it's like it's not even her best rapping ability. That's how good it is. Because if you listen to Red Bars, she can actually rap. Like if you listen to Red Bars, that's that's lyricism right there. Cardi B can fucking rap. If you, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I love. I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm trying not to get too hype. I'm trying not to get too hype. But yeah, but yeah. So I, I always admired Cardi B because she, she does, she does. Like your grandparents tell you, be yourself. She, she's, she's being herself, being true. To, like we, we always preach. That's why she's the awkward misfit of the year because being yourself translates into people loving you. You can only be yourself because everybody else is taken. Like she was able to take that personality that a lot of because there's a lot of insiders that felt that she needed to tone it down. They felt she needed to tone it down. She shouldn't be herself. I won't say those people name, but those insiders know who they are. But she said, fuck all that. I'm going to do me and I'm going to be me and you're going to respect it. And lo and behold, now she now she's now she's the she's the lead lady in rap. She's the lead. Well, actually. She's not the lead lady. Her and Rhapsody is tied for the lead ladies in rap because Rhapsody can rap her ass off. Mm-hmm. So, and, that, and that's the beauty of it too. Like she, not only did she make you know the charts, or you know, but she made history. Like that, that is serious. That's beautiful. She deserves the hype. You know, exactly. She came through. She pulled Excalibur from the stone because before Lauren Hill, think about all these female rappers out here. Think about how pop. I'm not gonna say their names, but just think about how popping they have been for so many years. I'm talking about number. I'm talking about consistent hits. Consistent hits. It took somebody. It took somebody that just started out on Instagram. That was just a person that it took the personality to break that mold, to come through, to step up to the, to step up to the stone that Excalibur was stuck in and pull that motherfucker out. And she got it with Bodak Yellow. Oh. I ain't got to dance. I made money moves. She say she going to do what the who? Man. Yo, she, she gonna do what the who? Not a uh, man. <laughs> I don't gotta dance. I make money move. Yeah, yeah. I ain't gotta dance. If I see you, I don't speak. That means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss. You will work a bitch. I make money move. <laughs> I love that nigga, man. Listen, Bodak Yellow. That's my shit. I love Bodak Yellow. Thank you, because I was wondering how the fuck to say that. She gonna do what the who? <laughs> Man. <laughs> I was wondering how to say Bartier, Bartier, Cody, Cody. She can, she can barely say that Cardi, Cardi. You got us out here blooding. I don't appreciate this shit. Because it's Cartier, but it's Bartier Cardi. Bitch want to party with Cardi. I don't know none of the words, but I just know, you know, bitch want to party with Cardi. Cardi in the worry. Cardi in the hearty. 
Yo, this shit, that shit so catchy. That shit go, that might go number one too. Man. Bitch want to party with Cardi. Send me the Cardi and the Rari. Right? Like, she didn't, like, Cardi has no hate in her heart for anybody. Like, unless you say something about her on Twitter, she'll retweet people on Twitter or whatever and clap back at them. I love that shit. But other than that, she really don't disrespect other female rappers. She can, I like her, I like her rapping style because she, the way she raps, it start off like she's about to, she start off, she start off off beat and then she finds the beat like mid, that second, that second bar come in and she finds the beat. But when she, especially when she goes, especially my bad, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna forget the lyric. Cause when she goes, you know, just the other day, cause just the other day is offbeat, right? I was telling, I was telling Offset just the other day, man, we should sell that porn. You know, that's offbeat, right? Then she goes, then she goes, then it goes, I don't wanna hear I'm acting different. Same ones to be taking shots, be the same ones to be ass kissing. Your pussy stink, they catfishing. I love that line. I know, same ones that be talking about me, the same ones that be ass kissing. They pussies think they catfishing. I don't, just so, it's the way she deliver it. Right. I like it because <laughs> like, why? No, I don't hear nobody stealing her style because I, I accidentally just told y'all how her style is. I don't hear nobody stealing it. <laughs> we appreciate the bra for molding her into the woman she is today. Like I appreciate that grocery store for firing her because if that grocery store didn't fire her, then she'll just be a local legend. You know how you go to that grocery store and there's always that person that has that, that bubbling personality that everybody loves at that, at that grocery store that other people have never uh, heard of? So I'm glad. Shout out to that grocery store for firing Cardi B. Because without you, it will be no Cardi B. It will be Cardi A B. Cardi A B. Bar- Barty. I forgot what her, I forgot what her, I forgot what the damn whole name is. It's, um, whatever. I appreciate y'all. Barty Air B is some shit. So it'll just be Barty Air. I can't. I can't do this blush. This blush is hard. I can't say I should do this. You know, and and she mostly has a nice voice. You know, she's singing in, in some of her songs now. <laughs> now she's trying to. She's taking all your spots. But I'm telling you, her and SZA, they need to. They need to link up. Her and the SZA connect. They need to connect. Yeah. Yes. They always sing it. That's 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 my favorite part about her is that her and SZA are always showing each other love. Like they always showing each other love. Like you will see the other one singing the singing each other songs. Um, SZA did a, a did a remix of Bodak Yellow on stage. You know when when she was on concert when she was on tour. So you're always seeing them show. That's what I like. I like seeing female unity because you don't see that that much nowadays. Right. I don't know why, but y'all should. Y'all should, you know, I, I'll be preaching I hope you hope you do more. I can't wait. I can't wait for the album. She playing. She playing. Because that Barty, that Barty, that Cartier Barty is, is that, that shit goes. 21 Savage on there. She got 21 rapping. That's how you know your song good with 21 on there rapping. Because he rapping, rapping. He, he said, fuck all that bullshit. I'm rapping, rapping. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Cardi. They're going to play some more. You know what she's saying? Body, you know what I'm saying? Look at, look at 21. <laughs> I like hot sauce on my chicken. I like hot sauce on my chicken too, 21. I appreciate, I like hot sauce on my chicken as well. 
But yeah, I like, I like, I just like her style. Oh, shout out there. And Cardi B also is a spokesman for Steve Madden. Y'all, you know what makes an outfit? A good popping ass shoe. Who don't like pink? Pussy popping pink. Pussy popping pink. Pink is now, pink is now called pussy popping pink. If you wear pink, you wear pussy popping pink. It's now, our Lord and Savior, Cardi B, has now said that it's called pussy popping pink. I also love how, man, I'm, I'm just telling y'all, man. They wouldn't have yourself. That's so cool. You and, you and, you are in a Steve Madden commercial saying pussy popping pink. <laughs> y'all don't understand how great that is. That is great. I love, man, we love Cardi B. Shout out to Cardi B, man. Don't ever, don't you ever fucking change. Don't you ever fucking change. Y'all, the people that I work with and my friends, I've been around them for years. Don't ever change. Why? Because I know how to pick people. I know how to Don't ever change. I'm telling you. She was recently hanging out with J. Cole. What did J. Cole get on her, what did J. Cole get on one of her, on her album? I know, right? I don't know what that song is sound like, but I'm here for it. <laughs> Diamonds all over my body. Put it all over my body. Bitch, you ain't gang, you lame. I like that rapping, cause it's like, it don't, it's like, you're taught not to rap like that. I like, like, she'd be like, fuck that, I'm doing my own style, this fits my voice type shit. Right, exactly. Bitch, you ain't gang, you lame. Like, it's like, like I was saying how it goes off beat, but it's on, but it, then it comes back on beat. That shit is, that shit, that's a, that's a flow. That's called a flow, ladies and gentlemen. For anybody to think I'm dissing her, that's, I, I said it, I said that, I said that, I said that in a good way. You come off beat and you come back on beat, you doing that shit on purpose. That's called a style. Uh-huh. So don't people don't so people don't try to copy that style, cause you ain't gang, you lame. Switching lane to lane. <laughs> Joe, 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 but, 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 One of the most polarizing names in music, Joe Button. You either love or hate him. No in-between. Actually, you either love or Joe Button him, as Quavo puts it. This word, Acrobat, pushed the envelope again this year. First getting his feet wet two years ago with his podcast, I'll name this podcast later, that was later named to the Joe Button Podcast, Joe stepped it up again, creating and hosting Everyday Struggle, the daily hip-hop morning show about any and everything within the culture, leading Joe to be practically involved in every big hip-hop moment this year. Whether it was walking out on Amigos or yelling with love at Yachty or listening to whatever it was that Ray J was talking about, Joe was there. His footprint was left heavy in the culture without a single verse. So much that when the news of Joe Budden's departure from Everyday Struggle broke, Complex lost 600,000 subscribers in the first day. Unclear what's to come for his 2018-2017 has been one for the books, and I'm sure 2018 will be bigger with both his feet now in the water. Now y'all... Now y'all know he was gonna make this list. You knew before even listening. You knew before you even clicked this he was gonna make this list because there's no way in hell we wasn't gonna include my Virgo brother in this. And I know he listening, so shout out to Joe, man. This for you. Joe Button 
had one of the most impactful years of 2017. From the sense that he was fighting the entity that was put in place, he's trying to break down every structural wall and burn it as he does it. He's throwing up middle fingers. He's giving out fuck yous to every corporation that even thought that he was going to play the games they wanted him to play. Look at Complex right now. I want y'all to look at Complex right now. Shout out to Joe Budden. Shout out, shout out to shout out to Charlemagne the God. They put out their their year end review or whatever. That shit did a million in, in a day. Look at the numbers for Everyday Struggle now that Joe has left. Complex thought they was bigger than the talent. You are never bigger than the talent. You are only as great as the talent you keep. Complex find out the hard way. Yeah. The hard they struggling. I ain't even gonna talk about how they got to that sixty four because they got how they got to that. If y'all didn't even look at it, complex like like sixty four for yesterday. I ain't even gonna talk about how they got to that sixty four because this they just say that sixty four ain't really sixty four. They just they just say that. But anyway, 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 we pray. But yo, shout out to Joe Button. I appreciate Joe Button going and saying that I'm gonna fight this fight that a lot of creators can't fight because on his podcast he talked about it. He talked about how. He feel he feels bad for people who are creating out in this world with these corporations because he's good because Joe's a millionaire he's not made hell of money you know he done made hell of money so he can never so he's never gonna go broke basically you know God willing so he's talking about how he's good he didn't do the show for the money but he felt like he couldn't do the show because they wasn't respecting him in the sense that he should be respected so a lot of people in this situation which I guess Complex thought he was gonna just go with it too because this is what Complex deals with daily is people. Whether or not you're creating or you're just waking up for your nine to five, it's certain, it's certain, it's certain shit you eat during the day because you got to pay them bills. Right. Complex thought he got to pay complex thought because they dealing with the people internally. They got to pay them bills daily that Joe was just going to be another motherfucker. They got to pay them bills. They forgot that Joe was a millionaire. Joe does this show because he just want to showcase his talent, which is being an on air personality. He raps as well, but you know, he don't rap on the show, you know, being on uh, the charisma he has. Like, so they thought he was going to just go in there and just take whatever they got. And I know Lady Godiva has a great Lady Godiva has. We were talking about this earlier. You have a great analogy. I, I want you to share with the people about the corporations versus the people. Could you please share that with the people? Sure. Um, I appreciate Joe because I feel like. He, he's like, when, when you go to court, you know, and it's your word against the law. And nine out of ten times, people side with the law because they think the law is right and that they can't out, uh, you know, overpower the law. But he, he's, he's so, he is for the people and, and the corporation is the law. So, you know, he's, he's doing this thing and we really, really do appreciate him and his time because he really doesn't have to do it. Like you said, he's, he's a millionaire. So he could easily be like, fuck all y'all. Right? <laughs> Joe could have. I don't mean cut you off. My bad. You can go. My bad. I'm just, I'm so, I'm just, I'm just, I'm so gassed right now. You can go. My bad. I'm sorry. My apologies. Okay. We, we, we overstand his lingo because we are creators ourselves. And, you know, we we definitely know how to appreciate his presence in this world. So shout out to him. <laughs> Yeah, like to elaborate, to just go to, you know, to elaborate on your point. It's like when you go to court and they be like, hey, you know, if you take this plea bargain, we give you three years. 
Just agree to be guilty. Just agree. We don't even want to take it to court. We just want to settle out of court. Three years. Or you can go to court. We can fight this in court. And you might end up with 50. We're going to go for the max penalty, which is 50. So, like, a lot of people, most of the time, they'll take they'll take the whole three years and just be in jail for something they didn't do because they felt they wasn't strong enough or they felt that the legal system wasn't going to be on their side. Or, you know, so a lot of times that's what happened because it's, it's a lot of jails. I forgot where it's at. It's like Missouri or Texas or someplace where, like, I've seen a documentary on it. It's a, it's a whole lot of jail cells full of people. Some sometimes women who, who who just took plea bargains because they felt like they couldn't they they had they stood no chance in court. So that's what right. that's what so that's what complex felt was going to happen. They felt Joe was going to because the show was popping. I guess they felt it's, this goes two ways. Complex felt that Joe was just going to take whatever deal they gave him because hey, you don't want to leave this popping show. Or complex felt that they can do this popping show without Joe because they still have academics. Academics brings in a lot of academics brings in a lot of viewers. But as we see from revolt, revolt and Charlemagne and Joe doing a million in one day, as opposed to everyday struggle, struggling to get to that 62, that academics, academics doesn't bring in as much as you thought. So you actually re so you actually evaluated your structure wrong because when people talk about everyday struggle, they talk about Joe. Joe is the topic. Joe is the damn topic. If because the Migo, you got the Migos making Joe Budden is so much the topic that you got the Migos making a parody of everyday struggle in a new video, and then they're dissing him on the hook. Oh. That shows you who's relevant. What do you say? Um, if a nigga hate and call him Joe Button, like. Like that when you know when you got people making songs about you, your your relevancy is shown in this art form. Like, which is which is funny because the song, like, it's really funny because the the Migos, their songs, their song, their songs, their songs are like repetitive as whatever, but it's catchy. Because even Joe was listening to it. Ice Trader Gang. Like I'm never gonna listen to the song because I, you know, I don't really, I don't really, I don't, I don't really see what structure I would listen to a Migos song in. Unless I'm in the club, like if they come on in the club, okay, cool. But you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at home. Ice trade again, ice trade again. If a nigga hating, call him Joe. Like it's catchy. So the Migos, it's catchy because I'm pretty sure at the end of the day they just got their feelings hurt, so they done made a song because their feelings hurt. But that came from a moment on Everyday Struggle. The Yachty, Yachty is on the song too. The Joe Budden screaming at Yachty came from Everyday Struggle, even though Joe Budden was trying to tell him. Yo, you should know what the 360 deal is, my nigga. That's all. That's whole. That was the whole argument was about. Is that you should know what the 360 deal is? Is no way in hell you gonna sit up here and tell me that you're happy all the time? Because that's not even physically possible. Yo, Yachty, 2018. We gonna see. We gonna see a dodgeball game. I'm not. I'm not joking. We gonna see a dodgeball game between Yachty, the Migos, and Joe Budden and his crew. I'm dead serious. They was talking about it on Twitter. Yachty was like, yo, I want some rap. I want a rapper to play me and my friends in dodgeball. And Joe retweeted like, yo, you trash in dodgeball. And Yachty was like, oh my God, can oh my God, play me, please. So like, they go, they go, they go set up a dodgeball game. They actually go play dodgeball. <laughs> and Joe actually go do it because for Joe used to do this annual kickball game. So he's going to do it. I'm here for it. That's just gonna be funny. I, I I can't wait to see the Migos playing dodgeball. They gonna ad lib while they playing dodgeball. 
I'm throwing the ball swag. I'm catching the ball out. You out. Yo! Yo! They have to. They have to. Offset throwing the ball. Look, Offset throwing the ball. Then um, then Cardi could be like, ow. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be lit. <laughs> we hitting we hitting your button, pussy. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell me that sh- that should be lit. Yeah, what? Yo, Joe, hit Joe. We want in. We want. In. I actually want to play dodgeball. I'll be on your team. I really shouldn't be. Actually, I don't even know where not to be on Joe Buzz's team because the Migos from Atlanta, Lil Yachty from Atlanta, QC from Atlanta. You know that's Coach K and uh, P. I don't even know where not to be on your team, Joe. But I do want to be a commentator. Cause I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be uh, like I said, I'll be unbiased. Cause it's all love. Cause you can tell, you can tell that actually after Yachty actually calmed down. I mean, actually uh-huh. after the year, because Yachty wasn't calm. Yachty was calm in the interview. That the funniest moment for the interview is like Joe was like yelling. He's like furious. He's like, you can't tell me to you know because that was Joe's first interview ever. <laughs> so Yachty goes, relax. Like he just puts his hands up. Like you know, he puts his hands like you know he does the relax motion. He goes. Relax, cause he was, Joe was mad as shit. Cause Joe was like passionate. That's the thing about it. It's like you can tell. Like the fir- the more everyday struggle went on, the more he started to get into his rhythm. So towards the end of everyday struggle, you can tell like, oh shit, he on to some shit. Like he's starting to get his media feet. Like he getting like he's starting to get his media legs. Cause it takes a while to get the chemistry. Man, complex uh-huh. gonna be in for a long day. Academics, if you're listening, I suggest. You go wherever, wherever Joe Budden, if Joe Budden suggests some shit, I almost said too much. If Joe Budden trying to suggest you to go somewhere, I suggest you follow. Because I'm pretty sure your contract is coming to an end too, because you said you was in negotiations for your contract. So, I ain't trying to tell you to leave Complex, but I do feel that you should do exactly what Charlemagne told you, which is you should have never been on Everyday Struggle to begin with. You are, your platform is damn near bigger than Complex. And that's what I meant to say last podcast episode is that academics, academics come, academics, um, academics platform rivals, rivals complex. If you can't be, it was that if you can't beat them, join them type thing. So I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Joe, Joe's going to have a fantastic 2018 because he already, cause it's, um, I na- I still call it I'll name this podcast later. It's called the Joe Budden Podcast, or whatever. I don't know that every you know I'll name this podcast later. Still doing numbers. It comes on every day. I'm gonna watch it after after we get done recording this. I'm gonna listen to it. So it's a very great podcast. You know he did he just did the thing with Revolt. He flew down to Miami when he got fired from Everyday Struggle. He flew down to Miami to have a meeting with P Diddy. Y'all already know P Diddy owns Revolt. <laughs> So I wonder how those conversations went. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe on a new TV, you know, a new talk show sometime in 2018. Another one he creates. I hope I'm hoping I'm hoping is with Charlemagne. I'm hoping for that because their chemistry is impeccable. If it's with academics, I would like that as well. Because academics, again, they have chemistry together. That's what I meant to say last time is that him and academics bounce off each other well. Uh-huh. Because academics is, you know, academics is finding his way, so it's sloppy. But you can tell, like, is but it's lovable. So I would love to see them link up again. Hopefully they link up again. And even if they don't link up again, you know, salutes to him or whatever. He had a credible year as well. But Joe Button single-handedly was out here fighting for creators. Right. He put the, he put, what they say, put the world on my back, I can carry it. He put the world on his back. 
He's carrying us right now because he's showing every corporation is no way in hell. You gonna keep on making money off me. And when it's time for re-ups, I'm not asking for more because complex was trying to do like a, a Nike sponsorship or whatever. And it was integrating it. And he said, Joe was like, I was on the contract. So we didn't get a check. We didn't get a check for all that Nike integration. Spotify wanted to do some things. Spotify wanted to do some things for everyday struggle. Joe didn't want to do it because complex wasn't cutting them in on a check so when it was time for to re renegotiate joe was like i want i want this i want this i want that i want that because spotify didn't do the thing with everyday struggle because joe wasn't in it so that right there in that instant was shown to you that the integration for the ads were going to come with joe's with, with joe they wanted joe so i don't know how the hell you go i don't know what the fuck you're gonna do now because your numbers are down so so that shows how how powerful this band is. That six what it was like six hundred thousand in the first day. Six hundred thousand people unsubscribed in the first day. They found out. The next day was huge. So like you're seeing that these corporations, you're seeing that these advertisers don't want to fuck with you. Is Joe's not involved? So you kind of gotta, you kind of gotta make a decision. Well, you well the decision already been made. You you got you fucked up. You fucked up basically. Man, I like Joe Budden to be my lawyer. <laughs> the alpha male. <laughs> Shit, Joe is Joe your lawyer. You get locked up. I ain't gonna lie, he gonna get in the courtroom. Your Honor, first of all, what the fuck? He can call. He can call the judge trash. First of all, judge, you trash. <laughs> and then I recite a poem. Yeah, I'm just gonna get locked. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, re I'm gonna record it because it's gonna make for great content. Academics gonna post it on the channel. Hey, yo, what's up, man? Check this out. This is your boy Academics. You know, today I got this video from this from Jesus Shuttlesworth. You know, that's a shout out to him. He sent me this video of Joe Button, and Joe Button apparently after leaving Everyday Struggle, he's now a lawyer representing some woman, some beautiful woman. God damn, look at that body on that woman. Some beautiful woman named Lady Godiva. But yeah, anyway, he's representing her because apparently she stabbed like 30 people because they were talking shit about her baby. So anyway, but yeah, they ain't got nothing to do with this. This is crazy. This is crazy. Y'all gotta see this video. But anyway, in this video, Joe... Joe is her lawyer, and Joe, as we all know from Everyday Struggle, and I'll name this podcast later or whatever, Joe is a very passionate person when he believes in something, so he stands up to the judge, and he looks the judge in his eyes, and y'all can believe this, man. He says, Judge, you're trash. He calls the judge trash, and the judge is flabbergasted, and then to make matters worse, the Lady Godiva woman who I was just talking about, God damn, look at her body. Jesus Christ, I can't, I can't watch this video without looking at her. She's beautiful, man. Y'all should check this out. God damn. You know, so I'm looking at this video, Jesus Christ, and then she gets up and she started reciting a poem. What the fuck this motherfucker doing? So you got, so you got Joe yelling, so you got Joe yelling at the, so you got Joe yelling at the judge, calling him trash, and he got Lady Godiva over here. She's doing a poem. These motherfuckers, these two motherfuckers were destined to be, these, these two motherfuckers were destined to know each other, each other, because they both crazy. And they can share, and they can share a jail cell because this case got dismissed. Lady Godiva got thirty five thousand years in jail, and Joe's gonna be in the cell next to her. Maybe they can do a duet album or some shit. Because goddamn, that's gonna be academic. That's that's a good ass academic impression, yo. <laughs> yo, shout out to shout out to shout out to sin to sin. What, but. But in all, in all jokes aside, I have loved the growth from Joe Button this year because if y'all remember, Joe. Joe particularly was a little wild. Like I was just talking about Joe was a little wild. He used to be running from the cops and shit like that. Going back to being innocent and just not wanting to, you know, not wanting to take a plea. So he was running from cops. I mean, one time he tweeted, I think it was a couple years ago. Yo, I'm at the strip club. Come get me. 
Like, if you want me, come get me. You know, you like, and like, he was like, chase, he had to chase. Mind you, he had the cops going like a, a they didn't, they didn't catch him because he ran or whatever. So like, he doesn't, he doesn't grow. He doesn't mature. The more he matures, the more scarier he gets because the more, more, the more a Virgo matures, the more they can control their anger. The more Virgo can control their anger, the more points they remember. Cause us Virgos, I'm probably remembering 50, I'm probably forgetting 50 things I want to say about Joe Button, but I'm a Virgo. So when you get hype, you forget shit. So as Virgos, as we calm down, we say more. So the more Virgo calms down, the more we're going to beat you over your head with our intelligence because we, we just, we want, we want the smartest, we want the more, the more smartest signs that there is, you know? <coughs> so to see him mature from what he used to be, which is, you know, to see him go from being suicidal to now bringing, bringing a second, bringing a second son into this world and, you know, having a beautiful, you know, having a beautiful girlfriend, fiance, whatever she is. Whatever she is to him, they always call each other wife or whatever, wife and husband. So I don't know what it actually is. So to see that, that's a beautiful sight. That's 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 the that's the growth we all aspire to have. Uh-huh. So I'm all, so that's so that's really so that's really appreciative to see that from you. We we took our hats off to you for fighting this fight for us. Thank you. Because somebody with money got to do it. Because they're gonna respect. They're gonna respect. I bet. You, I bet you come. I bet you the next person that sells a series of complex. I bet you they have to respect them. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, cause that what they be like. Um, what Jay Z said. I'm overcharging niggas for what they did to the cold crush. Pay us like you know what's for all the deals that you owe us. You can talk, but money. You can talk, but money talks. So talk more bucks. And just like that, we out. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who has listened to the Aka Minorities 2017 Misfits of the Year. It is prevented, it is presented by Vans. Make sure you check the link in the description to check out the special offer we have for you, which is free shipping on all Vans. So go to Vans.com. Maybe I click the link in the description though, so you can get the code. So click the link in the description. Go get you some nice vans. We got on vans right now. You got on vans while you're listening to this. Everybody loves vans. The classic never dies. And as always, we will see you, Aqua Misfits, in another life. I'm just, I'm joking. I'm joking. That shit sound like we about to, it's like we about to drink the Kool Aid. Oh God, no, Jim Jones. <laughs> That's like the end of a Jim Jones speech.